Ah, uh, greetings and salutations, members of the Hard Rock Lunchbox, the top 20, and above and beyond. It is a not-so-beautiful December 7th, 20, 2023. Is it Pearl Harbor Day? That would explain a lot of today so far. Is it Pearl Harbor Day, December 7th? This day will live in infamy and that kind of stuff? <laughs> Reminds me, if you don't know the comedian Nate Bargatze, like, you are definitely sleeping. And if you are sleeping, then I am jealous. Also, what is happening right here on this hair? See, I'm still stuck again, because I hate wearing this hat. But, like, I mean, do you see what's going on now? Like, <laughs> I am in such... Hold on. Hold on. Impatience is crazy. I am in such a need of a haircut. I am just so not doing it. Like, it's just like, literally, it's the thing I'm just not doing. Like, I just, I just haven't done it. And I'm, I'm like almost ready to like flow be it just to get it done. But anyway, so, uh, Nate Bargazzi, uh, and, um, Pearl Harbor, Nate, Nate Bargazzi is just so funny, but he, he definitely plays into this dumb hick thing. And he's talking about like history and how he doesn't know, uh, you know, history really well. And he says he can prove it because every time he watches like a history documentary, it's like, he just, he's like, it's like he's learning it for the first time. Like, he's like, you know, they were surprised at Pearl Harbor. Like, nobody was more surprised than I was. <laughs> it's just, they could not recommend you some Nate more. I, uh, I love, I love Nate. Oh, I actually just jump into some of his specials every now and then, watch like five or ten minutes just to feel better about things. And, uh, what is it, the old Hickory joke? Old, he's from Old Hickory, Tennessee. And the zip code is like 37138. And he's like, the reason I know that is because 37 plus 1 equals 38. <laughs> it's like the federal government came in and was like, we got to take it easy on these people. <laughs> Give them something easy to remember. Anyway, that's how I feel now. So Pearl Harbor Day would definitely explain my entire morning thus far. Uh, oh, look, it's uh, uh, thank the, the chat is here. Uh, it's, Han- it's Hanukkah today? I did not know that. Happy Hanukkah to those who celebrate. Uh, National Cotton Candy Day. Okay. International Civil Aviation Day and Pearl Harbor Remembrance Day. I am one for four, ladies and gentlemen. That is not that is not bad. That's a 250. That and 250. Um, we could do some light housekeeping. Uh, I have... Honestly, I don't even know if I have it. I didn't even get a chance to look. But I think... There's a new episode of the Top 20 out today. If there isn't, there will be one shortly after the show. Uh, It is Tony's Man Cage. And no, I don't have Man Cave wrong. I'm talking about Tony's Man Cage. If you want to know about Tony's Man Cage, I guess you'll just have to watch the Top 20, which is available only on um, StrangerHood TV. Uh, I talk about uh, getting lost, but I do have my scarf. I have since upgraded to a gator, a very fuzzy gator, by the way. it is just so super warm, but it's like so synthetically fake warm that it's just like, eh. but when I need it, I need it. What I end up doing is I end up wearing it around my neck because I do want to protect my neck because as a singer, I mental believe, mentally believe I can protect my throat from the outside, which really all I can do is protect it from a throat punch, but like, I feel like that's going to happen on the road. It's going to happen on the road. So like, what are you going to do? Also, my beard looks weird. Why is that? The lighting in here is terrible. I should do something about it, except I'm the one that has to do something about it. So as we all know, nothing will get done about it. And that's okay, because that's just how we're doing stuff. 
in other Strangerhood TV uh, news, uh, Don Brody uh, from Health uh, Podcast. I have no idea. Uh, I didn't get a chance to watch. I, I didn't even watch. I'm not even sure that I posted my own show. That's how far behind I am. The only thing I actually did watch this week is I watched uh, Waterbury's uh, What Would Waterbury Do? Uh, kind of the after. Um, he does his like kind of like thoughts and examinations, personal insights and stuff after he does a What Would Waterbury Do? I find them, uh, as much as I enjoy the actual performances that he does, because I think they're always interesting takes on stuff, uh, the actual personal part is always what's interesting to me. It's why I like doing this show. It's why I like Discussions and Drinks on Jimmy and Mike's show. Oh, by the way, Discussions and Drinks. Uh, more recording updates. Uh, Jimmy is a less weathered Johnny Depp. I'm going to have to listen to that. And Mike is a ginger. I might have to listen to that part, too, because <laughs> there might be something to it. Uh, but, yeah. <clears throat> Man, I look awful. I know you guys can't see this yet, but you will be able to see this in a week. But I really do look terrible. I look like the week I've been having is basically what it is. Yeah. I'm like a patchwork of, like, my natural hair color. I got I got gray coming in. Like, the thing with gray, like, it really... Like, my... I have gray hair, like, in patches on my beard and then in temples on my hair. But since I'm, like, more of a dirty blonde in the summer, like, I'm sure there's gray throughout it. You just can't really see it. So I have, like, my natural brown hair color. And it's just speckled with gray. And I really do feel like I could pinpoint each piece of stress... That just makes those things gray. Speaking of stress, I gotta tell you, man. I um, so we have the show tomorrow night, right? We have Long Island Rock Unplugged. Uh, we have not done one. We have not one done. We have not done one live since February of 2020. I don't know what you know about math or the calendar year, uh, but that's a long time ago. I am incredibly unrehearsed, and I realized going into this week. That I had not done the work to rehearse properly. And I actually, I am already starting to feel badly about it. Like, badly in the sense that, like, like I have a very forgiving audience, I think. And anybody that's going to show up to, to uh, Long Island Rock Unplugged is not looking for, is not looking to give me a hard time because I don't do a, do, do a good job. I think everybody is incredibly forgiving. Everybody is very happy to be there and part of it. Uh, so I'm trying to embrace that as much as possible. I'm just not going to be doing what I would consider up to my normal standards uh, unless something drastically changes in the next, I don't know, 36 hours, right? Actually, 30... No, that's probably about right. Yeah, just shy of 36 hours, I'll be taking the stage in nostalgia. And... Um, I'm just, I'm not, I'm not prepared. I've, I've been working on it. Um, I've been, I've been busy. I've been sick. Um, I've been overly stressed and I just have not done a good job. And I realized that when I was doing these every other month, I was always kind of rehearsed on something. And I just, I just have, I haven't been with, uh, with a lot of the, the changes that have been going on in my life, my, my job and my band and stuff like that. I am not somebody that just picks up a guitar for fun and plays anymore. I'm trying everything I can do in uh, looking ahead to 2024 to change that I've actually made a couple of changes that I think might help like I might my guitars are actually out my acoustics I don't usually have them out because it's usually safer to leave them in a case um, but yeah like I've had my tailor out for weeks now so I could just pick it up and play it um, which I think is a huge start I have my, my Jericho's out my, my PRS is out too so like if I ever feel like check Feel like tracking anything 
I can do that. But it's really been... I want to say it's like it's a wake-up call, but it's not, because I knew it. I knew it was happening, and I knew it was coming. I just, I guess I was just really caught off guard by how, or, or maybe maybe that's not the right word, but I was taken aback by just how far from my own personal standards I've fallen as a musician and a performer, and it's, it's there's so many factors, but the, the, the reality of it is I'm just not doing it. And it's funny because I preach that all the time, um, and I've said for decades, like, you know, the reason that road band, like when you see a band that's touring, right? Like, and they're like, oh my God, there's so much better. It's, it's very often, in fact, mostly often less about the fact that they're any better and more about the fact that they just are doing it a lot. Um, when we tour or when we mini weekend or whatever, uh, by the end of that and by, by the, even kind of by the start of it, because of rehearsals, like we are so goddamn tight. That we stand out from other bands because that is something that's a priority. And there's a lot to be said for when you aren't doing that. So I preach that all the time. That's why we rehearse the way we do. It's why we, we rehearse as consistently we, as we do. It's why when we have something to do, I get very irritated with my band very quickly when those uh, requirements aren't being met. Because I can also slack off when it doesn't matter, right? Like when it's not important... Yeah, you want to blow this off, you got something to do. Like, that's fine. Like, I understand that people have their lives, but I also know that it's not so much that it's important for, the like, the band to be there and to be, like, engaged, but it is the necessary step for something down the road to be good, like a show or something like that. And I say that, like, because we're, we're heading into, uh, basically, pre-production for the next batch of songs. And I want everything to be perfect, and it can't because everyone needs time off for various things. And it's frustrating for me, but I'm trying to back off that. But because I'm somebody that speaks to those things and, and knows those things about me and about performance, and even like with the soccer team, like I tell them all the time, like the reason we do so poorly in, in a lot of the fall season is because we don't practice. So, uh, and I've mentioned this before, and I'm just going to go through it briefly so it makes some sense. So what happens is most of my players that play on the Hurricanes also play on the Whitman team or the Hillsies team or the Huntington team. And those practices, I don't know why this is, but it is the way that it is. Varsity soccer is every day, every school day, plus usually Saturdays. So these girls are burnt the F out. In fact, even last year, my my main striker was like, DJ, I just cannot play soccer seven days a week. And she was talking about play, even playing the game, the game on Sundays. So like we just didn't practice. We don't practice during the varsity year. And it shows. And the reason it shows is because that sort of familiarity with your team and with your sport and how things do with this, with this particular army is important. And to be perfectly honest, as soon as we were able to start practicing again, the team played magnificently because it's all about that sort of familiarity. And what I realized is because I started just rehearsing like late and not in earnest for this show, I didn't have an unplugged two months ago that I could draw upon that muscle memory from and, you know, or two months before that. And to be perfectly honest, like that is really lame of me and I'm ashamed, I'm embarrassed and I'm just trying to like really study for the final in the last couple of days before the test tomorrow. 
And then I'm really up against other problems, like the fact that like my hand doesn't work anymore. My hand doesn't work properly anymore. Like I've damaged the nerves in my neck so badly that my index finger on my left hand doesn't function properly anymore. Uh, I'm still working on that, and hopefully within the next year or two, I'll be able to regain that mobility and functionality, but I don't have it right now. And so that's making things difficult, too. On top of that, we've been working in the band on just all of this new material. So I haven't been working on all the old material. And I can't really roll into an unplugged show doing all new material that nobody knows because that's a hell of fun show. So I'm trying to, like, relearn my old versions for these old songs. And I just... Plus, I had a cover I wanted to do. I had it in my head that I was going to do this cover, and I just knew it, and I knew it, and I knew it, and I knew it, and I went to play it, and I can't do it. I can't find a key where it works in, and I, co- I completely messed up. Something that could have easily been addressed and, and corrected for a month ago if I had just put in the time to do it. And I'm just realizing just like how much, like, I'm not self-sabotaging, but I am the one sabotaging basically everything that I'm trying to do because... My existence has gotten so overly complicated that I can't function in it anymore. And I don't, I don't even know what it is. Like, I have these conversations all the time. Like, I have still have weekly therapy sessions where I'm basically trying to figure out, like, what's wrong with me. Like, it's been, like, 10 years, man. Like, at some point, like, I really need to do get a grip on exactly what's wrong with me. But, like, I don't have it all the time. I don't have all those answers. And I'm suffering and I am struggling incredibly hard under the weight of all the situations that are going on and I can't even figure out if it's just me that I'm not capable of doing these things anymore if I'm just simply moving too slow I know I've been having like additional sleep problems lately that have been really throwing me for a loop I was realizing earlier this week that my frontal cortex isn't actually functioning properly because I'm not able to pull together words that I'm looking for. I'm not being able to handle like logic sentences sometimes because I lose the train of thought in the middle and that's sleep deprivation. Like that's what that cause that's what causes it. That's why when you're so tired and people are you know are talking to you you're like what? Like that's what that is and I'm suffering from that and like I shouldn't be. I'm just simply not functioning properly. And it's like I come on this show and I complain about it for a half hour. <laughs> oh, man. If you haven't had a chance, speaking of comedians, if you haven't had a chance to watch the new uh, Sarah Silverman special, newish, it's from like March, um, she, she says the funniest thing about fetuses, and I actually just remembered it within the past half hour and she's talking about um, uh, anti-choice rallies and anti-choice people and she actually says something along the lines of something that I've said forever which is like you know if you're anti-choice and you truly believe in all those things like yeah you really should fight for what you believe in I wholeheartedly believe in that like I really do if you if something matters to you that much and you truly believe that like it is it is you know murder or whatever then like yeah speak your mind and you might reach people that are just kind of on the fence or whatever and that and that's fine but she talks about how disingenuous it is um, to go to these protests and these rallies because a fetus really is and she does this and I'm not doing the I'm ripping the joke off incredibly and that's fine because so Sarah if you're listening any complaints, just file with my lawyer over at Monty at CravingStrange.net. But a fetus is about this big. And she's like, you know, but like, you know, it can't be like, well, this is murder. Like, because, yeah, I mean, and, you know, she's, <laughs> she 
sucks. I'm not even going to do the whole joke. But but the one part that was really funny, she's like, the disingenuous part is that you show up at these rallies and they have these huge signs of fetuses. And she's and she says, you know, fetuses just aren't that huge. Like, And she, and she says what's funny about it is that if fetuses actually were that huge, most of those people at those rallies would hunt them. <laughs> and I almost passed out laughing because... It's not even funny as much as it is completely true. Like, if a fetus was that big, like... <laughs> it's like I was listening to uh, Two Bears, One Cave. Uh, it's the Tom Segura and Burt Kreischer uh, podcast yesterday. And Burt was talking about this joke that Colin Quinn had told that Colin Quinn doesn't even remember telling. And I literally had to stop in my tracks and just, like, hold my chest because I was laughing so hard. It was... There were... Colin Quinn was talking about like how people like are always like trying to save the environment. And he's like, look, you know, this room, like you know, polar bears, polar bears, like save, save the polar bears. And he's like, you guys are so full of shit. He's like, if a polar bear walked in here right now, you'd all be throwing your chairs at it. <laughs> like, <can I? laughs> and there really is something to be said about comedy that isn't just funny. <laughs> that also happens to be completely true. Like that is because right, like. Think about where you are right now. Like, wherever you are, just stop for a second. Think about, like, you look over your left shoulder, and there's a polar bear right there. Like, what are you thinking? Is it save the polar bears, or, like, I'm going to throw my chair at this polar bear? I know for me. (laughs) Uh, I know know for me that uh, I would would not. If it's about consent... (laughs) I would. I would. So anyway, that's my little story about going into Long Island Rock Unplugged. I am hella nervous. I'm embarrassed. I'm ashamed of myself. I'm going to rehearse as soon as I'm done with the show, although I did uh, mess up at work pretty badly today, so now I'm going to have to do that instead and then rehearse after that. Try and run it a couple times. I'm going to actually rehearse tonight at rehearsal. Uh, I'm just going to at least run the song so I'm a little bit more familiar, and then, of course, I'll probably be just doing it all day tomorrow, which will be easy because I'm sure with the anxiety and stress of it all, I won't sleep a wink tonight. And then with any luck, I can just kind of cruise into Christmas and New Year's and just not worry about it. But uh, it's not Christmas today. It's Hanukkah. And uh, so, like I said before, like, happy Hanukkah to everybody that celebrates. I do remember, I do remember when I found out, like, in early adulthood that Hanukkah is not the same level as Christmas, right? Like, of, of the holidays. And I remember being blown away by that. Because, like, first of all, not only did we not, you know, deal with stuff like, you know, Denali and and uh, what's the festival, the other festival of lights and the Quans and stuff like that. that. That didn't exist when I was growing up. Like, nobody was talking about any of those things. But, but it was like Christmas and Hanukkah. Like, because in the Northeast, like, you know, Hanukkah is a big thing. I realized that in the middle of the country, like, there's only the the few Jewish people that you know. They're probably like your accountant. I mean, not that you make enough money to be an accountant if you live in the middle of the country, but you know what I mean. Um, everybody needs a lawyer, I'm sure. Um, so uh, I don't know. It's incredibly racist and stereotypical. I'm just, this show is just is just a joke. The whole the whole thing, the whole show is a joke, including its host. So I hope everybody gets that. That's fine. But uh, 
I just remember like, oh, like you, you just equate them because that's what it was. But it was really like Yom Kippur, right? Like is and Rosh Hashanah, aren't they? They're like the high hole. I don't even know why I'm speaking on this. Could, like the, the shit that I speak on that I'm barely an authority on should be enough. And now I'm just like branching out into like things I think I overheard once at a bar. Like, you know, so, but I remember finding out that it's like those are actually the big holidays and stuff. Like the Day of Atonement. I think that's Yom Kippur. Like that's a big one. That sounds like a big one. And Hanukkah is basically like, you know, we were only supposed to get like one day of oil and we were able to, like anybody that's ever driven on a tank that says E, like empty and like out of gas and stuff like that, that's basically Hanukkah as far as I can tell. So. But happy uh, Hanukkah for everybody that celebrates it. I hope it's as important as you intended it to be and I hope it goes well for everybody. So um, that's really, that's that's really, that's all I got to say about Hanukkah. So um, I want to just take a quick second, just a very quick second, before we get started on the rest of the show. I want to take one last opportunity to point out how stupid and moronic and loserish the Republican Party of Nassau County and Northern Queens are and congratulate them on their only sixth time in history expelled member of Congress. George Santos, he has left the building mainly because they changed the locks on him immediately after the vote, which I thought was absolutely hysterical. Uh, But I do want to actually say, just for the record, I happen to think it was the wrong thing to do. I think it sets a dangerous, dangerous precedent kicking somebody out of Congress just because allegations have been made. Yeah, did he do this stuff? Of course he did. Did he go to court for it yet? Was he convicted of anything? wasn't. I think what they really should have done is expedited his court case so he could have been convicted. Now, I will say he did get kicked out of Congress mainly based on the Ethics Commission uh, and, the, and the Ethics Ethics Commission report, which was remarkably damning, even for that. But, like, Santos on his way out raised a good point because he, he you know, illustrates that there are several members of Congress that do illegal shit. Plenty of them were under, you know, corruption charges. Lots of them had ethics violations. Uh, during the Trump administration, there were five cabinet members, five cabinet members that were referred to the Justice Department for illegality and, you know, possible prosecution. That's ridiculous. So Santos is not the only one doing, like, scummy things. He was just so flamboyant about it. And honestly, he's just such an asshole about the whole thing that he just... He just kept it going. He just they, they would not leave him alone. And he just kept doing stupid stuff and ridiculous stuff. I mean, like, dude, who lies about being on a varsity volleyball team? Like, what? I mean, I, you ever check the, you know, the pedigree of the other politicians? No, of course not. Like, why would you? Like... I mean, I understand that politicians lie to us all the time because they want to say anything and get elected. And this is really just a strong example of it. But, like, a lot of times it's rooted. Because they say, like, when you lie, like, this is what they always tell you, like, on Law & Order, which is the better Law & Order. I don't know if Annie's listening, but SVU will always sit second, and we can argue that, and you can be wrong all you want. Because I support your... I support. I, me and the Hard Rock Lunchbox support a woman's right to be wrong. And I think that that's... 
really what's important, but they'll tell you that liars that base stuff like kind of in reality will have like a better shot at it, which is why the other people in, in Congress are, are still in Congress. But George Santos is gone. It's now going to cost New York State money to run these elections. I think the Republican Party should have to pay for it, especially the Republicans in Nassau County. And uh, there are a few that I'm speaking to directly, and they don't listen to this show, which is why I'm so comfortable to have these brass balls saying all this stuff. But like, I just like that it highlights just how bad you are at doing your job of, pol- of picking somebody to represent you. Or, as I've said a thousand times, what an excellent job you did picking somebody to represent you. Somebody that cheats, lies, and steals and says anything to get elected. And if that doesn't say anything, everything you need to know about Nassau County Republicans, then I don't know what to tell you. And to be fair, like, there's plenty of Suffolk County Republicans, and, like, we're going to see how they do right now, be, or not right now, in a month, because then when they take over, Suffolk County is going to be run basically by Republicans. So we'll see what happens. I hope they do a good job. And I am not somebody that picks a team and is like, I don't want the other team to win. What I want is I want me. I want me to do better. I want the people that I care about to do better. I want us to be safer, and I want us to have good services. I want to know why we're paying $75 million every year, it seems like, in property taxes and getting absolutely nothing for it. That kind of stuff. So I hope the Republicans do a good job. I hope anybody does a good job. I was ready to vote for the two aliens from The Simpsons, but they just didn't want to run in such a contentious climate. Honestly, who could blame them? But look, it's 1228 According to my one, two, three clocks, looks like a lot of stuff is going on in the chat, so I'm going to have to catch up there. I think for me, honestly, we should just kick this uh, song, kick this show off on a high note. And even though I was all ready to depressy-weshy everybody into existence, I think we're just going to go with something a little bit more upbeat because why not? So take it away and take back Sunday. And that segue could be better. <laughs> 